recording, Ryan? Are you are getting we? a tattoo, Matt? What's, what's up? You don't Dude, have any tattoos? I keep looking at yours and I just freaking love it. Oh, yeah, I heard so Kev told good. me about that. It's so cool. Kev told me about it. It's super cool. We're good. We're good. Yep. We, uh, we're I don't know. How, wh- how are we planning on starting this one off? I don't know. I think you were going to start it off, Liz. I was not. I think yeah. you were going to sing a song. Oh, yeah. I was totally going to sing. Yeah. Yeah. What was the song? I can't remember. Oh, 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 okay. It's fine. We're not doing that. Maybe start it now, Ryan. <laughs> Nick will leave recording? that on. Is this? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think this should be our start. Go ahead, no. Liz. Start us off with what we're doing here today. I know. I have a lot of things. I think that we already did an outcast this week, but we decided that a follow-up to the sermon from Sunday was really necessary because we all had a lot to say about it, and we were just hoping to kind of spur that on and just get other people thinking about it and asking questions and applying it to their life. Yeah, what were some of the key takeaways that you had? I mean, a, c- a couple of things that I think, like the, the idea we're talking about obedience, right, mm-hmm. which people don't like that word, um, but the idea that um, sometimes obedience doesn't make sense, but that beauty comes out of that obedience to God. So I think that's kind of like the biggest, like main idea that stuck out to me was that it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be easy, but like, because you're trusting in God and it's his plans and everything that he does, right, is for our good and his glory, beauty will come out of that. Yeah. I remember, um, thinking the same thing. And like, that was my one big takeaway was like, yeah, God does uh, sometimes call us to do things that don't make sense. And I remember like the me next... being here on this outcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you called me and I didn't answer and you texted me and I said no, but really, you made me... Get yeah, what, what's the podcast about? Doing things that don't make sense, like being on a podcast you don't want to be on. Yes, Living thank proof. you, Gray. Uh, but yeah, and then I was reading the story of Noah just um, Monday morning and was just realizing, oh my gosh, like... Noah's story is a story of obedience to God that absolutely didn't make sense. Like to build this boat and to think about this flood when there's like desert and all these things. It, it didn't it, make sense to him or the people around him looking at him, probably questioning him too. Saying, yeah, I mean, what? he was definitely going against everything that culture was doing at that time, like taking all this time out of his day to build this ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just thinking like, this is, this is not just Noah. Oh my gosh, this is all of scripture. Every time I started thinking about an instance, you think about Abraham going up and um, offering Isaac up on the mountain. You think about Moses going into the wilderness, hitting a rock, like all the different things that God called Moses to do to speak to his people when he didn't even feel like he was a leader. Uh, I was thinking about the story of Mary and Joseph, um, when God comes to Mary through an angel and says like, hey, you're going to, you know, give birth to my child. And by the way, I, um, you're going to do it as a virgin. And like, um, and it says, even in that story, what I love is it says, like, he came to her because he found favor upon her, right? And Joseph, like, having this out to say, like, okay, well, she's pregnant out of wedlock. Like, maybe I'll just, like, quietly go and do this. And God coming to Joseph and saying, like, no, I want you to do this. I know it doesn't make sense, but I want you to go and be with Mary because you're going to give birth to my son. Like, how weird that must have been. And then all of the disciples, I'm talking a lot here, but all of the disciples Keep going. Uh, that, that he called. I'm just thinking of story after story of like calling Levi the tax collector and being like, leave everything and follow me immediately right now. Like, that could not have made any less sense in that moment. Or asking the disciples to cast on the other side of the boat. Every story I'm thinking about, God calls people to do things that don't make sense. 
And I think that that's a really interesting thing. I think that's something that's worth talking about here today. Well, I think I liked what you talked about when we were talking earlier when you are saying, like, how many of us either didn't didn't grow up in, in the church and, and really haven't had that presented to us well or did grow up in the church and have always kind of more seen the example of, you know, if things seem to be lining up and kind of be perfect, like clearly God's in there. You know, like how many times have you heard the phrase, God was clearly in that, you know, because everything happened. I mean, like I, I even said that about getting into our house. I mean, I do kind of believe it, you know what I mean? But that was the only example that was there before us versus, uh, you know, being able to go and say, uh, and I love how you laid out, you know, even in our staff meeting, all these various different stories about people, God calling people to do things that, do, that didn't make sense at all. And laying that out and saying, like, also, there's also these times where God is calling us uh, uh, on those paths and kind of to go in that direction. And as we've talked about that, my favorite thing has been when I look at those stories and I've seen that in, in my life or, or people's lives around me, is being able to get to the end of that and see that the only thing that can happen is God. The only person who can get the glory is God. The only person who can be praised and, and can be uh, acknowledged through that. Is, is God, because there's there's no way that me, myself, or whoever else, you know, is going through those stories, was able to go through at the end and say, yeah, look and see, you know, what I did, or, you know, did something that was against the green, or whatever it is. It was so none of us could boast, and for his, his glory alone. And I think that so many times we can miss out on that. We can miss out on, on that, and to be able to know and understand uh, what that is. So some of the, the purpose behind doing things that don't make sense is because ultimately, in those situations, God will be the one glorified. Does that resonate with you guys? And I think too, like looking at stepping out in obedience in those ways, like it feels scary and it might even feel like you're alone, but that's actually how God draws you close to him because then in that moment, he's, he's what you have. Like he is who is leading you. He is what you have. And I think kind of what you were saying, Gray, like being the one that's like falling on your face in worship, right? Realizing that like no matter where you ended up, like it wasn't because of anything that you like have done. It was because you like walked in obedience with what he was calling you to. If I, if I can be vulnerable real quick and just say my little story I told you about earlier that, uh, you know, in 2006, I lost my dad. Uh, he died, and I was in a very rough, dark place in, in, in looking to self-medicate in any substance, anything around me at all. And then a month later, I decided to go to New Zealand, to the other side of the world. And I remember, well, I had already made the commitment to do that, and then my dad died, and I was going to back out of that. And I remember my family telling me, no, you need to go, and I thought it was so crazy. And afterwards, they told me, they kind of walked me through and showed me that, like, I, I was of no help, going to be of no help, you know, being there. And it, for me, it made no sense. And uh, to be able to go on the other side of the world and take myself out of community, out of being close to my family, be able to kind of grieve together and all that kind of stuff. Like I told you, he, he used me uh, doing something that was, I was hoping it was going to be attractive to my future wife. She didn't know she was going to be my wife yet, but I was, I, that's why I but went. But you knew. Oh, I, I had, I had some ideas and plans, <laughs> but that was my plan was to go and just do something that was going to be, uh, hopefully, uh, attractive to her. And then God does what he does and pulled me to the other side of the world. And here I find myself in a situation of like, I don't, I don't know a single person here. I'm a mess emotionally and, and all kinds of stuff. He took every distraction away and and did what he does and i i mean you know to this day i can tell people like weekly daily all different kinds of conversations of just crying and, and having it out with the lord and being honest with him and and all i can do is just give him the glory i mean that's that's all i can do and and it didn't make sense for me to do that but that was the, the time there you know in, in the middle of a field in new zealand you know is when i realized like god truly is real and loves me and and poured out his love for me so much that that i was able to just surrender you know?
That's so good. And I think we kind of talked before about what that looks like to say, you know, how could you, how could you love a God that would, you know, let your dad die and then bring you across the world? Or how could you love a God who would let your child die or whatever it is that you've been through? And then that's it. Like, because he's good and he loves me and whatever he has for me, like is what's best for me, even if mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Yeah, man, I think that, that there's some encouragement in there for people, uh, maybe people who are listening today who feel like they're in situations um, that don't make sense. Uh, you kind of tend to look around and in society right now, it's easy to play that comparison game. And so you might see someone who's, the job is lined up, the, the perfect wife or husband is lined up, like they're getting this great house. And you think about all of the things lining up in people's lives and you sort of think like, what, why, like, what did I do, God? Like, why am I not where I should be at? Why aren't things lining up for me? Why do I feel so out of place? And I just think about these stories and I think about the favor that God shows each and every one of these person in the Bible, like from Noah to Mary and Joseph to Levi to Peter, like, God calls them out of this world, out of a place of comfort, and into something eternal and far greater. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you, you hit on the, hail, uh, on the head of the nail uh, in talking about all these different people, talking about their circumstances and the things that they, that they want, and so they feel it doesn't make sense because it's not giving them what they want, what, what is their heart's desire at that time, because their heart's desire, whatever they're desiring, they desire more than they want Jesus. They desire more than they want to know and, and understand by the gospel and be fully transformed by the gospel. Uh, and I think that that's where I, the problem lies. And, and I, can, I can raise my hand first and say I'm, I'm the first one that I feel like I'm constantly going through that, of like, you know, God, why aren't you giving this or doing that? And am I doing something wrong? instead of realizing that he actually does have a plan that is, is bigger and better uh, than, than what I think. And we, we get so caught up in that mindset of, I know what I should be getting. I know what would make this better. Totally, yeah. I think, I think man, this, this, uh, that, that passage and just the idea of like following God and immediately feeling like his favor and his blessings. I think that we need to connect more with the fact that God is near to the brokenhearted, that God is near to those who go against the grain of culture. I mean, right now in today's culture, it's pretty normal to follow your feelings. We talked a lot about like the idea of following your heart. heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which I think too, that it's hard because that's, everyone is seeking like happiness or whatever like the goal is right like you do you be happy you're the hero um because what and what they're seeking isn't actually like attainable right like on your own but it's the lie that and i think we talk about like being weird like to say like actually what if what if i told you that like when i follow my heart like it actually ends horribly and people don't want to believe that because it feels uncomfortable and it feels horrible that they're not in control of it but when you actually realize that when when you're following god and it seems weird or it seems crazy like that is actually how you find that peace or that that joy or happiness or whatever it is that you're seeking and it has nothing to do with what you did or doing it yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where you find that contentment. I think that's that's a word for me is that contentment. One thing, I don't know, I've said this to you a bunch of times is, for me, I always think about, and I tell guys, like when you lay your head on your pillow at night and you're laying down and, and no one else is there, it's just yeah. you, your thoughts, and, and you and the Lord, who are you in that moment? And, and what are you feeling? What are you running away from? Do you have contentment? Because you know that the only thing that you have to offer God is a need for him. Or are you at a point of discontentment because you're not getting what you think you deserve? When the reality is, we all deserve hell. 
And so we're already getting more than what we deserve, technically. Yeah, and just, man, I, I totally agree with that. The idea that I think today it's really relevant that we would, we tend to medicate um, our feelings. We tend to go to the things that um, we want. We tend to follow our hearts in order to medicate. But what ends up happening is that we don't get contentment. We get temporary satisfaction at it, maybe at best. Uh, and I think God has something different for us. I think God has something better for us. And I think God wants our hearts. Um, so I, I think that leads us into what do we do, um, right? I think the, the question is, is how do we know then, like what does God want for us? If he, if he calls us to do these things that don't seem ordinary, then how do we follow that process? And uh, my mind goes to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and I think we could take away maybe four steps. You're not going to um, sing it? Huh? You're not going to sing it? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, great. Did you nope. want to start? <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. We don't want fine. this on record. You can read it. Fine. It says a verse that many people have memorized, and so maybe that's helpful, though. And there is a song that maybe we'll figure out how to incorporate into this. But, um, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, step number one is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah, and we talked about that before. Like, that kind of feels like here, we're about to give you four steps, like a checklist of things to do. But, like, the best thing about it is that you're not actually the one that does it. Like, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Like, he will give us the faith. He will... He's faithful, right? He's faithful and he will do it. And that is something that you can call on him for, like to give to you. It's not you mustering it up. It's not you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, which is another like worldly message that is not the gospel. We're all so good at giving up control, right? I mean, that's something we're all really good at. Oh, totally. But the thing is to trust in the Lord with all your heart means to know and understand that you are saying, yes, Jesus, take over control. And the outcome very well may be something completely different than what I'm really hoping for that my heart's desire is so i'm putting my faith and trust in you which takes complete surrender that's hard yeah it's, hard it, to, it's it, we're not going to say sit here and say it's easy but it is no. <laughs> i don't even think like it, i don't even think many of us even understand what our heart actually is i think that, that to trust in god with our whole heart um is very difficult and it, and the idea that god wants all of us that the heart is the window to our soul and that god wants a deep part of us and he does not want us to medicate he wants us to feel and he wants us to experience him in a way that is deep and intimate and so i think this is uh, a, a huge one for people i think western culture teaches us um, to ignore our feelings and, and to ignore that because uh, it distracts us from dealing with thoughts and emotions that we need that, that, that allow us to come to God, to be in a place where we need him. So I think this is an important first step. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, step number two, continuing on in the verse, lean not on your own understanding. I think this ties in really well to what we're talking about here, uh, that it's not um, your understanding, it's not your mind, it's doing something that's different from you. And sometimes even as you're like walking in obedience, it still might not make sense, right? You're like, okay, God, I'm doing what you said. Like a story for us is like, we like felt called to like sell our house and we're like, okay, like we're doing this. And like, it still doesn't make sense. And like, we still don't necessarily like have a plan, but that's because it's not up to us. Like I'm not leaning on what I think is the next thing or the plans I've made. Like just walking in obedience doesn't feel necessarily always like an answer immediately, which... That's hard too. I think. I think. I think. Uh, as men, I think you know, in talking to a lot of different guys, it's it's portrayed as a weakness uh, if you do not fully grasp and understand. If you don't have the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to know all your plans for the next ten years after you, even you die, you know what I mean? Like that. That is looked at as uh, 
I think, I think weakness, and so it's not something that everyone's uh, rushing to. Not to say it's only men necessarily, but I just know with a lot of those conversations, there's a lot of those guys that uh, you know can't understand that process of if I can't comprehend it, then how am I going to get on board? If I can't comprehend it, I'm not going to put my name to this. I'm not going to put my faith and my trust in this. Where that and there, right there, is where faith comes in, and that's where you get to be amazed by what God can do in your life. Yeah, that, I think I love what you just said. I think sometimes I really think I need to intellectually ascend to something before I understand it. And I think what God is telling us here is we, we put our trust and our faith, we put our whole heart into him, uh, and we don't lean on our knowledge because we recognize um, its limits. And that leads us to the next one, which is in all your ways, acknowledge him. Step number three, um, when we don't lean into our own understanding, we realize something about God is that he is ultimately sovereign, that he has it under control, that he is the one who ties us to him, right? Matt asked that really hard question. This was first service and it was like, if we pick and choose what we want to serve or obey, like then is God your master or is he like just your coach? <laughs> That's a hard question. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Almost like a vending machine a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good analogy. Yeah, tell us more about that. Um, I, I think of, you know, I go to a vending machine and, and it's like, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in um, and, and I'm going to get what, what I want out of this. And so you told me to put the quarter in, I put the quarter in, I'm going to get A7. And then all of a sudden B3 pops out. And I'm like, that's not what I, that, that's not what's supposed to happen here. Mm -hmm. Oh, come to find out. B3 is Oreos, which is, costs more than a quarter, and God just gave me something that's even better, and I didn't even know that it could yeah, be better delicious. than what I was hoping for. That's yeah. my analogy on that. Yeah. But uh, in, in, in thinking about that specifically, um, it, I think for me and for a lot of people, it needs to be the, the realization and the acknowledgement of Jesus being the ruler and the authority in our lives. It's not popular at all today to have anything or anyone have any authority in your life and dictate at all what, how your life should look and what you should do. And what you kind of were alluding to earlier, talking about like avoid, you know, do whatever you want, you do you, all that kind of stuff, because everyone wants to avoid any sort of guilt or anything saying that, that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. And that's why it's so popular because it feels good. But yeah. what you see constantly is people s still are feeling left um, unsatisfied. You know, they're yeah. still are, are being they stuck. They still haven't in that, found in it. What they're yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, this for. is it. This is you know, utopia. This is this is everything. Oh, right. It's it's still not. We know why yes. is it? What's wrong? And then there's obviously lots of different ideas and thoughts of of, of why, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still not providing that satisfaction. Yeah. So so I think we recognize in this third step that that the Bible does speak into how we live our lives, that there is an authority that we submit to that is against what culture would tell us, that we are supposed to be true to ourselves and be the hero of our own story or something, but that we actually aren't, that we actually, our heart is deceitful, and that we would trick ourselves into temporal satisfaction, into desires that would lead to death. But, mm -hmm. but there is an authority. God has a way for life for us that is better because he loves us so much. Um, and he loves us so much, he will... Step four, number four, guide our paths. Uh, when we put our trust in him, when, we, um, when he has our whole heart, when we acknowledge that we, we don't know, our thoughts are against us, our ways are against us, God has a better way. God then will lead your path. He takes the work out of it. He did the work for you. 
I am reading a book on the Ten Commandments and just talking about like how you delight in like God's God's law, like and how that's actually like designed to draw you close to him. And the verse that she's at the end is Matthew seven fourteen, which is for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. Right? Like we're not promised that it's gonna be easy. And even maybe like once God does make our path straight, it might not be because we have been removed from that hard circumstance, but just that he has given us the peace to move through like whatever it looks like. Great. Final thoughts on these four steps. Do we do it alone? How do we do this? Absolutely alone. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. You invited me here. I don't know why. Uh, no. um, the, I, I can't even imagine, um, even, even fathom the thought process of trying to do this alone. Uh, show me in scripture where, where anywhere it says that, you know, somebody's able to do anything like this uh, by themselves. You know, even if somebody thinks, oh, I have a relationship with God, that's all I need. I don't need, you know, community or anything else. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Um, if anything, we see where it, it doesn't even address that because it doesn't even, uh, you know, there's any, it's not even like a, a thought process to not be a part of the community. And then one thing that for me personally is I, I don't know where, you know, I could have been able to hear accurately, kind of hear the voice of God. This is probably, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, not lined up theologically correct, but I think God using other people in my lives, I know God using other people in my lives to, to get me out of a position. That's what I'm trying to say, where I think I've got my understanding. I know exactly what I should do and where I should go. And somebody comes along and lovingly slaps me in the face. And then I realize, oh, that's God using this person to kind of correct me and show me and through and take me back to scripture and show me where I'm, I'm lined up incorrectly. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, I think, you know, here at our church, we're here to, uh, make disciples who love Jesus and live outward. And the big part of making disciples is having relationships with other people. And so I think to, to close this off, I think Gray, Liz, and I, we're gonna be praying for you, the listener, whoever's watching, listening to this. We're gonna be praying specifically that God puts something on your heart. Um, God puts a person on your heart. And so um, be acknowledge that. We, we ask that the spirit is gonna move on you. And we just wanna say like, we're here for you and don't do this alone and reach out. Um, we want God to do big things in your life that don't make sense. That Francis Chan quote, if you ever heard it, like, I don't want to live a life that's like, can't be explained without the Holy Spirit. Like, that it doesn't have to make sense, but it's his plan for you, not yours. Amen. Yeah, amen. Now's a good time. To start Trust in the <laughs> Lord with all <laughs> your heart no. and lean not. Not doing this. <laughs> and lean not. I, th I need the interpretive dance to go along with this. <laughs>